and welcome to episode 19 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about nerdy conventions and why you should consider going to one. Dragon Con is the party con. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time we got back from Dragon Con. I'm Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey man, how's it going? It's been a weekend. Yeah, I both sound and feel like shit. <laughs> I'm just tired because yeah, I've been running all over downtown Atlanta for the past several days. Yeah, there's a reason I mentioned Dragon Con. Dan just got back and I slept like the entire weekend. Yeah, we've we've both been various stages of not feeling very well all weekend and... Uh... He he, much worse than me. Uh, I'm finally starting to sound normal again, uh, and I will go ahead and apologize for the intro to the last episode because I was feeling like crap Saturday night, and like I basically recorded that, took Nyquil and went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. I've already taken some, so good uh, luck us. Yeah, no kidding. Might have to scrap this episode. <laughs> nah, it'll be fine. Um, but really, I I had just south of 103 degree fever on Wednesday and I did not go to work. So I've been recovering ever since and I'm trying to figure out uh, why I'm still awake. Because we're recording a podcast. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Fairly certain. Fuck. Uh-oh. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. So what have you been playing lately? A um, couple of things. Uh, I went, I've gone back and restarted Demon Souls as a wanderer. So I, I've never got a chance to beat it when Drew and I were doing our ridiculous playthrough of all of these Souls games. And uh, restarted, wanted to try, try it on my own. And I've gotten reasonably far considering that uh, last time I was getting my ass handed to me until I, I conscripted Drew to play that with me. And also a game called, a ridiculous indie game called Punch Club. It is a fighter management simulator. You don't have any sort of uh, purview on the fight itself. Like it's not a brawler, but you literally manage the fight, the, the fighter himself. So you're going around getting all of the nutrition for the fighter. You're having rest, doing all of the uh, training and everything. And there's a story surrounding behind it, but the story's kind of peripheral to the fact that you're training the, your fighter. It's a really interesting game. It's like ten bucks on Steam. Take a look. It's pretty funny. That's kind of cool. Um, and then, of course, we've both kind of been playing Spec Ops The Line, but that is next week's episode, so we won't be talking about that today. So go play Spec Ops. And so you can, episode? You can, yeah, that will be the next episode. That's what we promised. All right. So we're recording twice this week, aren't we? Nope. What? We got, we got time. We'll talk about it later. We're good. We're good. We're good on timing. God, don't. Don't do that. Anyway. But our next episode will be Spec Ops. So play the game so you can join us in. It's going to be in two weeks from the time this goes live. So we've got a while. Um, Okay. Now 
Okay. Now I'm just confusing Paul. So yeah, just it's been a long week. Don't fuck with me. I'm not I know it's Monday. To, yeah, I'm not intending to fuck with you, but yeah. So anyway, games that I've been playing when not at Dragon Con. Um, I've been playing two kind of similar but very incredibly different games, which have been kind of funny. Uh, I've been playing Wizard 101, which, if you don't know, is an MMO that is family-friendly and kind of kid-oriented. And it's interesting because it has very, like... I mean, you could play it on the world's most potato computer you could possibly ever find. Like, I'm pretty sure GLaDOS inside of a potato could run this game. Like, it, it is the system requirements are like I play it with absolutely zero drop frames or any real latency problems on a like 2009 MacBook. Nice. Nice. So yeah, it, it runs, it runs just fine. Um, but what's interesting about it is it has turn-based card game combat mechanics. So, like, when you fight a monster, like, the enemy monsters pop out on the other side of the board, and you and whoever other party members are with you go on the opposite side, and you get dealt random cards, and you use those cards to select the abilities you do in combat. So, it's like Guild of Engineering? Not really, but kind of. Like, it is... It is you, you have cards with your abilities. So it's kind of like magic, except it's an RPG. Like, so your abilities, like you, you, one of my cards is like, it's a lightning attack or something like that. And it had, it'll do between 85 and 115 damage. And it does lightning damage in case the thing is weak to lightning. And then like, it has like a 95% chance to succeed in an attack. So it, you know, randomly RNG will, whether or not it hits. And then once it goes off, it RNGs in its damage range. And, uh, screw you RNGs. Yeah. But one of the really interesting things that happens in this game uh, is that you can see other people fighting on the map. So, like, you'll run up and you'll just see someone. There'll be, like, this big rune thing on the ground and you'll see the enemies on the one side and the players on the other one. And you could just run up and jump in and help another player regardless of your level or their level. I'm just reminded of... uh, I'm thinking about, like, somebody with a freaking... Like, the card caster from Yu-Gi-Oh! on its arm and just (laughs) you see cards flying out of their arm and shit like that. And I'm just like, this is just a ridiculous thing that I could see happening in the street. That's kind of what it is. Like, it is very, (laughs) very ridiculous. But, like, it has almost this weird Harry Potter-ish theme. Like, I mean, it's wizards. And there's, there's different schools of magic and, you know, everything from necromancy to, like, ice and fire and weird right. fairy magic like it's everything you expect from one of these games and it's for kids and it's kind of funny and mostly i'm playing it because like i've heard about it for an incredibly long time because it's supposed to be a really good game and it's kid friendly and if my daughter decides she likes mmos and wants to play mmos some point you know a couple of years down the line if this game is still around it is definitely a candidate because it's completely free to play i, I will be surprised if it's not around because I remember watching commercials from it for forever. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember watching commercials from it from it when I was still living with my parents. That was eight years ago now. Yeah, it's it's been around forever, and yeah, shows its age a little bit, but the graphics are kind of cartoony, so it doesn't matter. They're right, very like right. they're PS2 graphics, like to kind of put it in perspective. Like 
they're Yikes. PlayStation 2 era, like Spyro the Dragon kind of graphics. Okay, yeah. And they they did not age poorly. Like they they're it's a good looking game for what it is. You've got to keep that in mind, though. I imagine. Yes. Um. Yeah. And then the other game I've been playing is uh, I don't know, a, just it's a little game. It's it's called World of Warcraft Legion. <sighs> yep, I did it. I went back. The siren song is calling, and holy fuck, oh. is it a good game? I will never answer. I, sure, lost man. At this no, point, no, it's I, not. Trust me. That I I've, mean, I'm sure I will tell you the story later. I'm sure your social life thanks you, but uh, yeah, the social life. I don't know. Do you? You no, should. God no. <laughs> but yeah, the the changes that they've made to the game they've streamlined a whole bunch of shit they've cut a ton of crap out that was just like extraneous abilities you know like you know that that one ability that you would use like one fight for one raid boss like in an entire expansion like it was only useful in one fight yeah they they just took it out you don't need that anymore or they rolled it up into another ability so they like yeah you, you can do it but here's this other more useful ability that you'll use all the time that it's now a part of like they they've been streamlining and focusing focusing stuff so you don't need 30 abilities across you know seven hot bars to to do something now you just need like two hot i've like i have all of my abilities on two hot bars right now and i still have room for more neat it's it's pretty sexy and the combat is fucking awesome right now so i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying it and cannot wait and uh as you sent me an article yesterday they're doing something that i have wanted to see for an incredibly long time from any game ever and uh by the time this episode goes live you will this will be in existence which is kind of cool yep. uh they're making a companion app for ios and android and they've had an armory app before but that's not the same and they've had i think within the armory app you could also access the auction house and sell things on the auction house and manage your auction house stuff from yeah. your phone which yeah. is kind of cool to begin with but but this is more interesting because in the last update warlords of draenor they added this thing called the garrison which basically turned part of world of warcraft into a facebook game because it was like quest management like you had npcs that worked for you in your garrison and you would sit down at a table and there'd be a bunch of quests and you'd like slot all of your minions into quests and then like you'd come back three hours later and x number of people would be done with whatever quest and you'd collect the loot and then send them back out again kind of tedious people were really pissed off at it um they've continued this into the new expansion in a weird way where now you're like basically running a guild hall and uh that's what this new app is for so that you can do all of that guild hall management on your phone away from your computer which is really cool because now instead of spending your time where you can sit down in front of the computer playing doing that little micromanagey crap you can do that like you know on the toilet or you know on a 15 minute break at work and you can just check in throughout the day on your phone and keep you know oh hey it's been an hour i know these three quests are done let me send these guys off 
And theoretically, you can even do it while you're playing, which makes it even better because then you don't have to go back to whatever the order hall is to send the people back out. You just do it from your phone while you're already out in the field, which is kind of an interesting idea. So it'll be interesting to see what other stuff they do with this or if it's just going to be the little mini game. But who knows? Because it hasn't come out yet. It comes out tomorrow, I think, as of this recording. I didn't read the article. <laughs> I know you just you sent it to me and I read it. Yeah, I got several people who are hopelessly addicted to the damn game. So I was like, all right, here, I'll be the enabler. I don't give a fuck. I, I wouldn't say I'm hopelessly addicted to the game. I just thoroughly enjoy the game. We'll just ignore the five minute discussion that I just sat here and looked around for then. Well, I was telling people about this feature, Paul, which is part of our job here as podcasters. Taking care of our audience who likes these things. I ain't getting paid for this shit. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. Anyway. Anything other than that cool that you know of going on in the game industry? Mm, I, it's, it's weird to mention it here because I, if you... Are familiar with uh, Yahtzee Crawshaw? You familiar with Yahtzee? Yeah. He just... Of zero punctuation fame. Yeah. Uh, So he and his friend Gabe had a series on YouTube called Let's Drown Out that just ended, unfortunately, and I'm kind of sad about it. He moved to the States. Yeah. Which one moved to the States? Yahtzee. Oh. That is probably going to be an incredibly good thing for his <laughs> zero punctuation career. Because now he doesn't have to wait for games to come out in Australia and their shitty release titles and censorship and craziness. Now he just gets them the day they come out. Like, Is, but, is that a good thing, though? Because there was so much fun of him making fun of that. Yes. But now he's going to be theoretically doing more stuff than he would have done before, which I am looking forward to personally. That's fair. That's fair. Other than that, no. Yeah. Uh, I actually have one that I just heard about that happened over the weekend that's kind of funny and is... I'm curious to hear your take on this, especially if you are, you know, intoxicated on NyQuil because it's going to make you hate early access games even more than you already do. That's going to be a stretch considering how much I hate them. Are you familiar with the game... Ark Soul Survivor. The uh it's a multiplayer game with dinosaurs. I'm familiar with Ark Survival Survival yeah, Evolved. That one, that one. Yeah. Yes, Ark what about Survivor it? Evolved. Uh did you hear that they released paid DLC for their early access game? At this point, I thought it wasn't early access anymore, but no, oh, no I haven't it, heard that. It's still early access, and the paid DLC costs more than the game does right now. Well, that's not a surprise. <laughs> but yeah, so so apparently that happened over the weekend. They released this DLC instead of finishing the game. Yeah, and, I got, uh, I have, I got nothing. I just, I, what's there to say to that? I, I don't know. Like, I, and to make it even weirder, like these content, like you can catch and apparently tame animals in the DLC and then bring them back into the original game. So people who haven't paid for the DLC are at a disadvantage. So the paid DLC makes this early access game 
technically pay to win like it is it's like just this giant massive train wreck of like what were you thinking craziness yeah 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 so how about them browns i don't know did they they do something crazy i was trying to change the subject so i didn't (laughs) get irrationally angry (laughs) yeah so do you want to move on to the topic instead of being irrationally angry or do you want to be irrationally angry just 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 go just all right so our topic is kind of in theme of what was at least gone on for me this past week uh but we kind of want to talk about why you should consider going to a giant nerd convention or just whatever little nerd convention is nearby to you because there's usually some cool stuff there that you may not know about and may be of interest to you, especially either as a fan of games or, you know, specific games or just games in general, or if you're interested in learning stuff, because there's usually a lot of that stuff going on. And most people don't realize that that shit happens at anime comic conventions. The the general mythos is that uh, people picture it as just one drunken weekend of fun and costumes and bullshit. Well, that's just Dragon Con. That that is literally Dragon Con's reputation as it is five days of drunken debauchery and costumes because for a lot of people it is. Sure. But there's also a lot of other stuff that goes on, which is kinda kinda cool. Uh <laughs> I'm just looking at the, the notes that we put in the other day when we were kind of going back and forth about the cosplay. <laughs> So, yeah, there's usually tons of cosplay at these things, and it's of varying uh, skill levels. So, so, I mean, some of them some of them are, I mean, it goes everything from, like, not skilled and bad, but kind of awesome because, you know, someone took the time to attempt to lovingly craft something that they're a huge fan of. Uh, some of them are crappily executed, but, like, really witty and are funny as fucking shit for that. Um and some of them are just like people with way too much talent and are just making just awesome movie level props that are just absolutely insane. Like I saw someone this weekend who had a, I want to say it was like the second tier two warlock outfit, like had the spiky shoulder pads with skulls on them and lights in it and shit. And it was just like, Dude, that's fucking badass. Like there, there's so much cool shit. And there's people running around uh I will will plug a uh a friend of mine right now. This uh friend of mine, Mark, I will I will link his uh his prop company in the show notes of this because he's pretty fucking cool. But he makes lots of video game props and lots of movie props, and he is a huge fan yeah. of Fallout. Yeah, we've talked about Mark before. Yeah. And he made a new set of power armor for Dragon Con this year. Oh, delightful. Like, so he made the power armor that you see in the uh, Nuka Break series of videos. Uh, and he's retired that suit because it's kind of old and half-assed falling apart and needs to be repaired. So it's a museum piece for him now, according to him. What, me talking to him 
uh, Friday night. Sure. Uh, so he made himself a new set of, uh, I think it's T45 power armor. Um, <coughs> and he painted it like the red flame paint job kind of from uh, Fallout 4. <laughs> okay. Because he, it's a Fallout 4 themed power armor suit now. Uh, Why not? And yeah, so he made himself a whole new suit. It looks really fucking awesome. It's much like you could tell his skill has improved since he made the original suit. And it's it's pretty cool. And it's like a pristine set of power armor, which is even cooler. But he was in one of the costume contests uh, this weekend. And they get a chance to talk about their costume and the materials they used and how what they did to make it. And uh, he talked about how... Uh, all of his stuff is made from like industrial grade polymer <laughs> right and he spiked his helmet on the stage and like there was an audible <gasps> from yeah. all of the people in the hall because you don't do that like no, right. like everyone else's stuff is like super fine crafted sure, sure. and like it's very if delicate you, if you did that to anyone else's props they would probably it would shatter and, yeah and no he slammed his helmet on the ground and picked it back up and put it on it his was head fine. And, yeah and it's like yeah this stuff isn't gonna break anytime soon but yeah he sells kits for a ridiculous amount of money well ridiculous <sighs> depending like i still really want one to paint one day but I don't have the like nine hundred and fifty dollars it costs for a unfinished suit to paint. I do, but uh, I'm not gonna fucking spend that. <laughs> oh, I want to, but I don't have any place to put it, and my wife would probably kill me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of costuming stuff, and you know, of course, there are there what these things are really really known for are panels like you go to them and you hear actors talk about movies they've been in and like uh dragon con's really it's a huge one so there's tons of people who show up uh i decided to be kind of a, a fan today and i went to go see the actor who plays lucius malfoy in the harry potter movies Nice. And he did a nice. he just did an hour long Q and A and just people asked him questions and he talked about all of the movies he's ever done but at least fifty percent of the questions were Harry Potter as you expect from any kind of that, that's actually a low ball estimate I would have think yeah but he was like he was in the Patriot with Mel Gibson he was yep. like the big douchebag British officer and, oh I remember uh, and so he told the story about how uh, there's a scene in that movie where they like burn down a church. Uh -huh. And uh, originally he was just supposed to walk into the church and do something. And he was just like, well, why the fuck would I hop off my horse? Why wouldn't I just ride my horse into the church and be that much of an asshole? And, exactly. <laughs> and apparently the uh, someone else was like, no, no, we can't do that. The, you know, it's not sturdy enough because they built that church built, and yeah. burned it down and built it and burned it down and built it and burned sure. it down every take. And so, you know, it takes them a couple hours to build the set. And, uh, the director was like, no, no, this is fucking gold. Just make the door bigger. <laughs> so they had to like rebuild the set for him to do this, this scene that he just like improved off the top of his head, basically, which is kind of funny. That is awesome. But, but he had some really fucking hilarious stories. And uh, one of the best ones that he did, and I'm very, very going to condense this down. Uh, sure. He's talking about the scene at the end of uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, where 
Richard Richard Harris, I think, uh, the guy playing Dumbledore, uh, basically dismisses uh, Lucius Malfoy from the meeting at the end of the the movie because it's like him and Harry and Lucius and some other people in Dumbledore's office, and he's like, you know, you can go now, Lucius. We don't need you anymore. And uh, and he basically has figured out that you know Malfoy was responsible for what happened, and it's kind of letting Malfoy know that I know you're responsible for what happened. But right, yeah, all that shit. And uh, so at one point he's like, you know, he tells the director, I don't think Malfoy would like he's too pompous to let Dumbledore get the last words. So he wouldn't he wouldn't let Dumbledore have the last words. He would say something. So the director's like, do you have any ideas for what you want to say? He's like, I've got a couple. Can we try a couple takes? And he's like, yeah, sure. We'll try a couple takes. So the infamous scene that is in Harry Potter now is Dumbledore's like, you know, it, okay, Lucius, you can go now. And, and he turns to leave and he goes, like, one day harry potter won't be here to save the day or something like that and daniel radcliffe just off the top of his head goes oh i'll be here i promise <laughs> and he just like turns and looks at this kid is like you motherfucker you just one up me like <laughs> he's like all these you know because he, he like almost felt like an imposter there like that he was right. working with richard harris that was the first scene he had ever filmed like for harry potter or something like that and he was just right. like this motherfucker like what the fuck yeah, was, he was pretty funny. He was, it was a hilarious, like a much funnier panel than I thought it was going to be. But that is classic Radcliffe, though. Yes. <laughs> and he's like 12. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you don't give a fuck. Yeah. Just great stuff. But for stuff that, like, what we talk about on this show and stuff that we're interested in, like gaming industry stuff, one of the things that Dragon Con and a lot of smaller conventions have is, like, this con has the video gaming track and what the video gaming track is is it's it's split into two parts there's development and there's fans huh. and so there's two different sets of programs uh some of the fan ones that they had they had just like mass effect and like they had a mass effect panel and it was like a bunch of the people that either worked on mass effect games or were voice actors for mass effect games and they just talked about the behind the scenes of the mass effect games and you know tons of people showed up in cosplay and just you know you listen it's you know it's a fan thing sure um the stuff that i went to for the majority of the weekend was all the development side of things so like the probably the best one that i ended up going to or like one of the funniest ones that i went to was called how DD made us better game designers yeah i'm looking forward to that one honestly yeah um so this one was really hilarious because it was the two guys that were at the panel were this guy named mike caps who is the he was a former game designer, a former executive producer. He's been a headlight writer. He's done some programming stuff. But he was the president of Epic Games for almost a decade. So when he was president of Epic Games, they were doing stuff like Gears of War. Like right, the, right. he was he was running Epic while they were making Gears of War. Um 
And then the other guy on the panel was this guy named Ian Frazier, who currently works for uh, Bioware up in Montreal, and he's the lead designer working on Mass Effect Andromeda. All right, sweet. But prior to that, he worked for several other other companies and, and made like Titan's Quest and Dawn of War Soulstorm expansion. And he wor- worked on Kingdoms of Amalar before that studio imploded <laughs> upon itself. Um, but then, talk about that. but for a little while, he worked for uh, Epic had a smaller mobile, like mobile game studio in Baltimore. Right. And they made like Infinity Blade. Like there were a series of Infinity Blade games that were made for iPhone and I maybe Android, but I know iPhone. Um, and he worked for that company. So he worked for Mike Caps. So these, right. these two guys know each other and they interacted with each other on this panel like two guys that have known each other for a really long time and just are constantly busting each other's chops, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, but so here's the description of the panel from the book, like because they they have a description of each panel so you can kind of decide whether or not you want to go. And it says story time with our panel of veteran game designers as they recount tales of how their experiences with pen and paper role playing games help them to develop video games. All right. That alone. Yep. I want to go to this. OK. Yeah, I'm in. And uh, so, I mean, th- just I took. A little bit of notes here um from where i went to it and i mostly just kind of wrote down a lot of it was just they had like little quotes that they said like just like little one lines that they said throughout the thing that just kind of made me go huh yeah there's there's definitely something in that statement that like i want to kind of remember the essence of and like uh they're talking about how like with D and tabletop gaming uh, it's very cooperative in its development. Like it's you are building something to have fun, but it's also the players are helping to make it fun. Like it's it's this big cooperative event. Um, and one of the things that he always tries to keep in mind with tabletop game development that carried over into video game development was that the players are trusting you as the DM with their fun. And just like that kind of concept of like, oh yeah, like I'm not doing this to like tell a cool story. I'm not like this, this isn't for me or my ego. It's like, I am here so that my players have fun. Like, and that, that should be what I focus on. And so some of that stuff is like kind of really like interesting. And then some of the stuff uh, was like, you find the fun in a game, like when you're making it, like sometimes what you start out with does not end up in the final game like when you're you start testing the game and something else ends up being really really fun about whatever you're prototyping and like that's what the game becomes you make you you don't want to be married to an idea if it's not actually fun like you want to find whatever is the most fun about a game and do that which is very very something that you i think you see a lot in tabletop games otherwise you know usually it's the like dm trying to club players over the head because they're trying to you know run off over here while the game is really over here which you gotta have some flexibility oh, yeah. otherwise you're gonna just have a bad time yeah and uh i wrote that one down because uh w- the one guy said the uh the whole 
kind of the military thing like you know the best game plan in the world is all great but you know it entirely goes out the window as soon as you get punched in the face which Pretty is much, yeah. how a lot of people deal with you know D campaigns and then the other guy's like well that's really pessimistic what I, the way i like to look at it is uh you need to find the fun in the game and that's the optimistic version of you know every game any game plan is great but you know it goes out the window once you get punched in the face yeah um and this was an interesting one to me uh dying has to be fun like that is a key to video game development like failure in a video game should be fun look at the soulsborne series well it's more than that look at stuff like call of duty do i have to well so this is this is the example that he gave was the reason there is a kill cam in these games is to make your death more entertaining so it's less like you can see like holy crap this dude like you know this guy threw a hatchet from halfway across the map and it hit me in the head and i died what the fuck is that like it bounced see, that off. just pissed me off <laughs> but that's the idea is that you get to see like the ragdoll physics when you die like that stuff is is there to make your death more fun i don't know man that always just pissed me off and i just wanted to get back into the game yeah but like that's that's kind of the idea behind that stuff um the other one that he apparently this was a a thing while he was president at uh epic was uh it has to be fun to shoot the wall okay like if a if a weapon doesn't feel fun if you're just you know f- shooting at a wall like then the weapon's not ready to be in a game that's very interesting weird. yeah um <laughs> this is probably my favorite quote of possibly the entire weekend except for one from a board game one that i might tell in a little bit which i think i have to tell now um but it was uh as developers it is our job to make the path of least resistance not suck (laughs) that's fair (laughs) because in a game all players will take the path of least resistance you know abusing bugs and glitches and whatever and it's the yeah you have to make the path of least resistance not suck yeah that's fair but it's just like that's kind of the essence of you know what i learned from that panel and was it worth an hour of my time to hear those guys and as much as i laughed during the whole thing which was was. which was a lot because all probably 25 percent of the panel was mike caps making fun of uh the delays in mass effect andromeda and the end of mass effect 3 and so one of the best things in the world when he was talking about like just how shitty the end of ending of mass effect 3 was after it was yeah and ian fraser goes i didn't even work at the company then like i had nothing to do with that game how was this fair (laughs) and like oh it was so funny like it, Uh, it was it was hilarious it was i'm sure that was fun he he just he couldn't stop it from happening which made it hilarious um did he really try though kind of yeah because <laughs> the other thing that mike did that was really funny is he kept trying to ask ian questions in such a way that he would give up spoilers for mass effect andromeda <laughs> so like every other question that he would ask like ian would just look at him and like you know i can't answer that <laughs> awesome He's like, come on, I got another 45 minutes. I could totally get one of these out of you. 
That's great. It was, yeah, it was definitely two guys who knew each other and have known each other for a really long time. And, uh, it was, it was fantastic. Um, so one of the weirder things that happened over the weekend was there was a panel that I was going to go to called developing indie games. And it had a couple of guys that, you know, theoretically have a decent pedigree uh one of them works for a company called astro crow which i have actually never heard of and the other one uh is a co-founder of a company called blue mammoth games who makes a game called brawlhalla which is a fucking awesome game if you have not played it uh it is a pc version of a uh smash brothers style game it is literally the only smash brothers style game i know of that's not playstation all-stars um Fair but this enough. one this one's actually really good and multiplayer and pc and i think it has eight player multiplayer but it's and ranked ladders and stuff like that like it's actually really really good and really really huh. well done um i yeah i highly recommend checking it out so i was i wanted to hear him talk a lot about indie game development because they were going to talk about like the process of making a game as an indie developer and unfortunately there was a hurricane in the gulf of mexico this weekend that was theoretically gonna smack into florida and so both of those panelists canceled their appearance like they neither of them showed up so what ended up happening yeah, Astro Crow is a mobile game studio by the way okay um, yeah so what ended up happening is about five minutes after the panel was supposed to start they finally let all of us into the room and then a guy runs up on stage and grabs the microphone and starts basically going crazy for an hour and you know those people who like are super super happy and thrilled and excited to be alive at like six in the morning fuck all that yeah i do that's what this guy was at this panel even though it was like 11 30 i think uh okay on on friday morning but yeah he uh he was super excited he he, like made the audience clap and stand up and sit down and like do all this crazy shit he was but he was really really funny and had a really like hilarious personality and it turns out word cocaine uh yeah that, that i think that got brought up at some point uh he also mentioned that he actually hadn't had any coffee yet and dared us to imagine what it would be like if he had hard pass (laughs) but yeah so this gentleman happens to go by the name artix uh, a-r-t-i-x and he is the owner of a company called artix entertainment and they make a series of games based on this concept called adventure quest oh i remember adventure quest yeah adventure quest was a flash-based game and apparently he talked about he basically we got a kind of a mini autobiography of him and some of his stuff for because he talked about like how he got into indie game development and the process of his game studio and its development over the years which 
essentially was what this panel was supposed to be, except he was bullshitting it all off the top of his head because he was not supposed to be at this panel. He just happened to be nearby and said, sure, I'll do it. Which, okay, why not? which takes some balls and mad props to this guy for doing it. And he had an inner, you know, he gave some really good advice. He was very entertaining. And I actually really want to check out some of his games. Like, cause I've never played any of the adventure quest stuff. They're fun. Um, they're bizarre from my understanding. Oh, absolutely. Um, but one of the cool things that he did is that he decided when he finally got around to making this adventure quest game was that, you know, he had a shitty game and he released it and he knew it was shitty. Oh, it was. And but so, his, ways. so his goal was, I want to make it less shitty every week. That's fair. So every week he would release new content for his shitty game in an attempt to make it less shitty. That's fair. And that has been his company's policy across every game they've ever made. And they have like eight games now. So he has eight games where they are releasing new content every week for their games, which is ambitious as shit. Yeah, I'll say. But the current game they are working on is called Adventure Quest 3D, and it's supposed to come out this October. And it is a 3D MMO based on his huh. Adventure Quest thing. Yeah, he's got Adventure Quest Worlds, Epic Duel, Dragon Fable, Adventure Quest, Mech Quest, Bladehaven, Hero Smash, and Oversoul. Yep. And then Adventure Quest 3D. But Sure, why the fuck not? Yeah. And, and he actually has a... 2d mmo that's called adventure quest worlds uh, yes and uh it's an mmo version of the original adventure quest yep kind of but uh he told us this really really funny uh story about how adventure quest worlds when it originally released like tanked like no one one no one was playing it like and they couldn't figure out why and they weren't weren't getting players and he talked to uh like one of his publishers i think like one of his big producers and was like the producer's like oh hey ardix i i think i figured out what's wrong with your game like why i don't like it and he's like oh really what's that and the guy's like well and all your other games all the people are looking at me and in this game none of the people are looking at me so it's it's just weird he's just like okay whatever and then, like, he went and looked at it and realized that, like, all of the players were, like, completely in profile to the side. Yeah. And so he's like, huh, maybe there is something to this. So he told his art staff to, like, basically take everyone and, like, rotate them 45 degrees so that they were looking at the camera. Okay. And now they have, like, 3 million subscribers. That's fucking weird, man. <laughs> just, like, that little tweak. Yeah, that's just weird made that somehow psychologically made the game catch on because they felt like they were interacting with the characters instead of just them being on the screen or something yeah i guess why not sure but, but yeah so he put on a really good panel it talked a lot about advertising which a lot of people don't really go into um but apparently that's how he got all of his players originally was uh spending money on advertising and that's pretty much how I found Adventure Quest. I soldered an ad and I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And he made fun of the, uh, a lot of the advertisements you see for games, like the, uh, like Envy, I think was one that he was making oh, fun Jesus. of. Jesus. Which uh, looks like 
it's going to be like an MMO with boobs and then like, yeah. surprise, it's an RTS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he cracked a lot of jokes about Envy, which was pretty funny. Um, but yeah. Uh, so one of the things that you are interested in that we can kind of tie this into. So Paul has not, have, have you been to something like Dragon Con before or? Um, your experience with cons well my convention experience is mostly for professional experience like i've gone to several conventions for work so that's i I assume it's very much that except with a much looser definition of convention and pretty much everybody's just having a good time that's what you do at conventions for work but that's it's less formal in this case it's Um, the same tracks just different yeah um the Big like Dragon Con, they are ridiculously on time. Like they will kick people out of a room if they go over time. Yep. Like they are they are pretty hardcore about that. Uh, Kinda some, have to be. Some of the smaller cons, like they they will have some bleed over and some stuff like that. But yeah. Um, but one thing I know Paul is ridiculously interested in right now, and yeah, I think he mentioned it last episode is uh, voice acting. You are very wanting it's... to do been my dream since i was 10 years old really (laughs) and i know you're working on books but you also want to do games and stuff or books games movies anything really as long as it's not like hentai or porn or some shit but yes yeah so even then you know the money's right yeah so just as an idea to you know that was give you guys at do what that was a joke sure (laughs) <laughs> all right so just as an i give you an idea of like how diverse some of this stuff can be sometimes and like where weird things you can find like things that would be beneficial to you like i went through the program with paul in mind like if paul wanted to learn about voice acting stuff what could he attend at dragon con that would be voice acting oriented uh so the first thing that popped up was the anime voice actors panel which is in the anime slash manga track well i'll be Uh, dipped yeah so the people who were on this one were like bo billingsley who played jet black in cowboy bebop uh and i'm familiar voice the character dj in super street fighter 2 um then I'm gonna butcher the shit out of this name. Uh Samantha Enuo Harte. I don't I have no idea. Uh, yeah, she does a bunch of stuff. Uh Monica Rial, who is currently listed as the this is what they this is in her bio, currently listed as the most prolific anime voice actor in the US, over 350 anime on her credits and tons of video games. So yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I don't recognize the name though. Yeah. Someone named Ian Sinclair, who was Wiz from Dragon Ball Z, Tear from the game Smite, Montana from the game Battleborn, uh, Brooke from the anime One Piece, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Nice. Uh, and then Jamie Marchi from who is Ellie from Borderlands 2, Witchblade from the Witchblade games, and Freya from Smite. Uh, but like that's that's just that was in anime. So stuff like that is going to be at pretty much any anime convention there's going to be voice actors who show up and one of the things that they will get asked all the time was 
how do I get a job doing voice acting? And so they yeah, will, they, will yeah. tell how they got started in the business, what they recommend new people do to get started in the business. Um, they're like, you're good. Even if you want to do video games, uh, most of these guys have done video games anyway, they, they will be able to tell you these, even though they're there for anime, they can tell you about video games. Um, so then the next one, that I found was called voice acting from the pros and it's in the animation track. So this is not anime and manga. This is regular animation. Uh, this one is again, entirely different group of people. Uh, Lori Allen, who plays Diane Simmons from family guy, Pearl, the whale from SpongeBob SquarePants and Sue Richards in the fantastic four cartoons. Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm going to guess this guy's name is Will Friedel. Will Friedel. Friedel? Okay. Yeah, he's Boy Meets World. He was also Batman Beyond, a uh, whole bunch of other animation. Yeah. Um, my favorite, Richard Horvitz, from, who is Invader Zim from Invader Zim and awesome. does the voice of Billy from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. He's Daggett from the Angry Beavers and all kinds of other stuff. But yeah, he's I would love being Will Friedel. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, I really like Terry McGinnis. What do you want? That's fine. Uh, then Carrie Means, who is Frylock from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Nice. Uh, Ricky Simmons, who is one of the funniest people ever and very, very bizarre, who played Gurr from Invader Zim. Um, I actually saw him and uh, Richard Horvitz do a pan Invader Zim panel at... Uh, uh, realms con in corpus christi texas please tell me and... some character so <laughs> for the hour-long panel richard horvitz answered questions and ricky simmons sat beside him on stage in a hawaiian shirt playing a ukulele that's glorious and whenever he was required to actually answer a question he would stop playing the ukulele give a one to three word answer and then go back to playing the ukulele that's fantastic. It, it it was. It was absolutely hilarious. It was not in character, but it was about as close as you get to being in character. Ricky Simmons is absolutely hilarious. And you gotta do something with your day, I guess. Yeah. Uh then uh David Sobolov, who was Dax from the Guardians of the Galaxy animated series, and Aaron Zek from uh Rooster Teeth, who was Blake Belladonna and RWBY and Ruby, Emily. Yeah. Dr. Emily Gray from Red versus Blue. Um, but again, they're going to tell you a lot of the same stuff and you'll be able to farm slightly different answers out of them, but at the yeah. very least, their own experiences. Yep. Uh, then from the video game track, there was the Mass Effect voice actor Q&A. No. What? So there was DC Douglas, who was Legion, and also Albert Wesker in the original Resident <laughs> Evil series. Um. Ian Fraser, who uh, is the yeah. current lead developer of Mass Effect Andromeda, <laughs> and had nothing to do with the ending of Mass Effect Three, because he wasn't even working there at the time. What the hell, man? Uh, Peter Jessup, who was Sovereign, and apparently also Paladin Dance in uh, Fallout Four. So nice, nice, yeah. Uh, then Mark Meir, who was Male Shepherd, someone named Blasto, and uh, the Vorcha from. Uh, Mass Effect. I'm not sure who Blasto is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and then Courtney Taylor, who was Jack, and then also Ada Wong from Resident Evil 6. So, like, okay. I mean, people with people with voice acting chops, like, lots of lots of good they, stuff. They uh, sure are people. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, people. Uh, and then the last one that I found was also in the video game track, was the business of voice acting in video games, which had people from all over the damn place. Uh, a guy named Dino Andrade, who's uh, several characters from uh, World of Warcraft, including Professor Putricide and Mirmoron and Mecha Torque. Uh, and he was Scarecrow in Arkham Asylum. So okay. That's, that's a, lot of, a lot of people be familiar with that. Uh, then uh, Dave Finoy, who was Lee Everett from the Walking Dead game from Telltale. Yep. Uh, Quentin Flynn, who is uh, Raiden from the Metal Gear series and Kelthos from World of Warcraft and Heroes of the Storm. All right. So you'd be f- maybe familiar with that if you played oh. many games with or against Kelthos. I yeah, very familiar with KT. And then Jason Marsden, who has done a shitload of random ass games, yep. like he's done voice random voices in Skyrim and Star Wars: The Old Republic and Diablo Three. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Also in Boy Meets World. Oh, apparently he's also in Boy Meets World. Sure. I never watched that. Played show. Wilfredo's best friend. Sure. <laughs> but it's yeah, a good so show. Shut up. It can be a good show. But yeah, so I mean, there's tons of stuff if you want to learn stuff. There's uh, there's art stuff if you're if you're interested in art. There's music stuff if you're interested in music. Like I highly recommend checking it out, uh, especially if you have a local con to you. Like, because the, they don't need to be huge. Like Dragon Con is enormous. It is, I think, the third largest convention in the United States. I think the only larger sci-fi convention is Gen Con, and then I think San Diego Comic Con is bigger, and then it's Dragon Con. There's more than seventy thousand people that show up for Dragon Con every year yeah it's insane like no thanks if if dragon con is your first convention experience you're going to be overwhelmed as a motherfucker it's yeah i don't i don't want want that. if you are in the atlanta area there is a smaller convention called momocon um and i have been there once that's where i met jordan weissman and they they also have some video gaming stuff and they've actually teamed up with dragon con now in the Dragon Con's helping them with their advertising and some of their imaging and stuff. Awesome. Um, but so they are more of an anime and video game convention specifically. Like they are specifically sure, sure. going after those two things. Um, where Dragon Con is all over the place and is 30 years old this year was their 30th yeah. year. Um, but Momocon is not. But when I went to Momocon, there might have been 5,000 people. That's a bit more palatable. Yeah, it was it was split across two hotels. Where Dragon Con is five. It's a dozen. Oh, okay. Actually, so it's five hotels and an entire another building for the vendors alley. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Which is three floors. It's pretty much the entire Peachtree Mall, isn't it? Uh, well, no, the Peachtree Mall is in the middle of everything. Okay. And then, uh, and then there's basically it's the Sheraton Hotel, the Hilton, the Marriott, the Hyatt, and the Westin. And then the Americas Mart has 
building one is where all of the actual board gaming and stuff happens. So board gaming, D&D games, card games, like all of that stuff happens in America's Mart 1. Sure. And then three floors of America's Mart 2 is the vendors hall. And then the fourth floor is programming. So I guess technically it's it's seven buildings. <laughs> Jesus. DragonCon is enormous. Like, yeah, that's enough of that. It's hard to put that into scope. But Momocon was when I last time I went, it was, uh, it was the Hilton and the Marriott. But now I believe it it is in a completely different building. I think it's in the, I don't I don't remember what building it's in. It's in some big convention center, right? And it's just in the convention center now. Um, but one thing that I want to encourage in, in all of this is to just go to be a fan. Like, let yourself have fun. Enjoy the crazy people in costumes because some of them are really cool. And almost all of them, without fail, will happily talk to you about how they made their costume if you really want to know how to make costumes. Like, and, just walk up and ask. And, and one thing, ask before taking pictures. Yes. Dude, it, be polite about it because they're gonna want to take a picture generally but just ask first otherwise it's just rude yeah um so like some examples of some stuff that you can just go and be a fan of that were in the just in the video game track of uh dragon con like they had a bunch of stuff for just star wars games uh they had one of the panels was uh from Star Wars Jedi Arena to the current Battlefront. Like they talked about everything, every Star Star Wars game, like the best worst stuff that got canceled, like they talked they talked everything Star Wars. Um they did a they had a 20 year retrospective of the Resident Evil franchise and uh had two different actors who've done the voice acting for Wesker uh, and then the voice actress who did Ada Wong, and they they just sat and talked for twenty you know twenty years worth of Resident Evil games that they've been a part of. Nice. Um, the company who is making Camelot Unchained, it was at Dragon Con. Uh, they 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 those guys were in a bunch of different panels that were really cool, um, but they also showed off. Camelot Unchained. Like one of their panels was literally an hour of them showing off the game. Nice. Um, and they're they're getting close to their beta test, and uh, like, and that's actually really cool. And they kickstarted their thing, so like a lot of the people there were involved in their Kickstarter and wanted to see the most recent version of the game, even if they're not you know able to access it. Um, yeah. Along those yeah along those same lines. Shroud of the Avatar was there. Lord British was there, and he he did an hour long Q and A with Lord British. Um, and then he also did a Shroud of the Avatar specific Q and A. Like, so you could either talk to go to one and talk to him about all of the Ultima games and all of the crazy stuff he's super famous for, or you could show up to this one and talk about Shroud of the Avatar. Um, there was an hour with Nolan North, who was. <laughs> A voice actor in literally Everything. every game under the sun, including Spec Ops The Line. Yeah. Um, they did a Star Wars Old Republic fan meetup. They, there was a World of Warcraft fan meetup. There was 
the developers of World of Warcraft Legion did an hour long play like playthrough of the new Demon Hunter class starting area. So they literally just popped into the game in the starting area and played for an hour and showed off the new class to people. And considering the game, the game released last Tuesday, so it hasn't even been out a week yet. So some of the people who are there probably hadn't had a chance to play yet. Sure. Especially if they tried to travel a really long way to get there. I mean, there's just tons, <laughs> tons of this stuff. And that's just video game stuff. So, I mean, if there's like... Dragon Con is again a, a crazy example because like if there's any weird corner of nerddom that you're a fan of like Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh Supernatural, Harry Potter, like any of that stuff that you're a fan of, even like crazy shows that you wouldn't think would be there like there's a zombie have you ever seen the show I Zombie? God no. Okay, so it's it is a weird kind of niche show that is that's I think the second season either just started or just ended, and like they had three or four panels at Dragon Con for iZombie, and it's actually a kind of funny show. Like it's a weird kind of detective show, and this chick who's a zombie like eats people's brains and uh, can see their past life, and so figures out how they died based on eating their brain. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. It does sound really dumb, but it actually yeah. ends up being pretty funny because she takes on parts of their personality and uh, it, it just gets funny. All right. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. So go check out your local conventions and uh, maybe if you uh, decide to come, come to Dragon Con and we can hang out. Or not. You can hide in your room and play board games for like six hours a day. Like someone we know. <laughs> and I'll say uh, hi again to Drew and Bailey of Hops and Heroes fans because we got to sit and chill for a little while. Uh, a couple of nights while, uh, while looking at people in crazy ass costumes because when it after about eight or nine o'clock at night, that's what you do at Dragon Con. You just everyone, watch dumb people. Basically, everyone goes to the Marriott, and they there's two floors of the Marriott that are just people in costume and people drinking and partying and loud music, and it's a little overwhelming because there's like I don't know, five thousand people crammed into two yeah. floors of a hotel, <laughs> most of which are in costume. Yeah, and, and the other most of which are drunk and uh it's kind of fun but it, that's the best time to see people because that's when people they they dress to the nines and they go out and they hang out in this on this loop and you just kind of walk around and see all kinds of crazy shit like giant moogles and stormtroopers and shooting at moogles someone <laughs> built a robot stripper pole it's kind of awesome. So it's a it, it was remote controlled. So he was I, following it around, and it's a it had a three by three foot platform that was basically like a disco floor. So it had a bunch of flashing lights on it, and then it had a pole that came up out of it that also had lights on it, and it had its own sound system. So he would drive it around, and just people would jump on it and start dancing. It was kind of fantastic. And Paul's holding his forehead. 
Can we, we end this now, please? I think we broke Paul. Can we just can we just be done? Sure. Okay. We can be done. I don't, you don't sound thrilled. I don't I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> Why not? There's a motorized stripper pole. I don't I can't. I just can't. Well, too bad, because it was glorious. Okay, so if you want to do the thing where you contact us, you can go on our Facebook page and do that. (laughs) I I assume you can also contact us on Twitter or something. All right, so if you do end up wanting to contact us, head on over to Facebook.com slash Gaming. If you want to tweet at Dan, he runs the at Loaded Card account. I am at Paul Cluel. If you want to take a look over at our Reddit thread, that's r slash r slash Loaded Card Gaming. And if you want to head over to LoadedCardGaming.com, you can contact us there. You can email us. He is chop at LoadedCardGaming.com. I am Paul at LoadedCardGaming.com. If you want to email us both, it is podcast at LoadedCardGaming.com. And if I haven't said it anymore, it's LoadedCardGaming.com. Woo! I need a nap. Yeah. Get better, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to go throw up now. Don't do that. That's not fun. I might feel better. Maybe. You should go get some sleep. That'll be better than throwing up. I might do both. Throw up and then sleep. Yes, do it in that order. Maybe. <laughs> Preferably. Maybe. Preferably. How about no? Fine if you want vomit in your just, bed. Just close the fucking cast, would you? How, how about you say just, the tagline? Sh- 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 say it. Here's some smooth jazz to play you out. What? No stinger. I want my money back. This sucks. Boo. Negative five stars.